I want the fairy tale. I want the Prince Charming. She... <laughs> How do I put this? Isn't a fan of my kissing style. So we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 12 hours. He's in a trash bin. He's non-recyclable. Catch you never. I love being in love. I love love. On today's episode of Where's Your Head At, we are discussing the topic of drinking whilst dating. We will also be discussing what is known as whiskey dick, and we'll share some good reasons why you shouldn't get blackout drunk on your next date. Stay tuned to hear how to make sure alcohol doesn't ruin your night. Where's Your Head At is a podcast that talks all things relationships, breakups, reality TV, trending shows, and everything in between. This is your new go-to destination for laughs, gossip, intimate details, advice, and much more. Hey, Matt. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Where's Your Head At. Anna, I have some news to share. Well, it isn't isn't good news, but... (laughs) it's not good news. No, it's not. So, I've gone to the doctors for my routine health check. You know, they become a lot less common these days. I I don't have enough time to get around them, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to put some time aside. I went and did it. I got a blood test and... um, it came back with that my liver has been spiked in some areas. So, Your liver? Yeah. <gasps> so, I asked the doctor, like, what does that mean? She said, let's get some more tests done, maybe an ultrasound on your liver. Nothing to really stress about, but you know me, bit of a worry wart. So, I'm like, well, shit, that must be liver, that's drinking. Yeah, so, I was about to say, isn't that like too much alcohol, Matt? Well, yeah, if you ask my girlfriend, Jen, she'd say it's too much alcohol. So, I'm going to now stop drinking for a little bit and, Good um, you know, just take some time off the bottle. Yeah, I think you definitely should. Oh, my God. I'm actually worried for you. Uh, Well, the doctor assured me. She said it's nothing to worry about. I'm going to get a second opinion, take okay. the results to another doctor see what they say, but I, I feel like I, I should be okay. I mean, I'm not mm. turning yellow or my eyes are not turning yellow, so I oh should my be gosh. okay. Well, my fingers are crossed for you. Speaking of drinking, on the weekend, I had a very big nightmare. Really? I don't think my liver would have handled it. If <laughs> <laughs> It definitely wouldn't have. I, um, I actually got blackout drunk and I have not been blackout drunk for a really long time. So, when you say blackout drunk, do you mean you don't remember anything from the night or you remember a little bit or? Oh, I definitely remember like the first three quarters of the night and then the last quarter is just gone. It's always that drink that knocks it over. What was that drink that you reckon? <laughs> Do you remember that much at least? So, look, I was out with the girls. We were having a girls' night. We haven't had a girls' night in a really long time. Like, we've really struggled recently for some reason to just get everyone together. Our schedules are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Everyone's living in different areas as well. I yeah. feel like as you get older, people start moving, you know, out to the country because, like, my friend just bought a house in Mornington so obviously they're a little bit further out and then I have a friend who lives in Berwick but she is moving to Melbourne soon that's Amber our producer so I'm very excited to have her living closer but anyway everyone's kind of spread out so it's harder to get everyone together so it was our first night together we were all a bit excited and then we have like this issue in our group at the moment and everyone got really emotional all of a sudden this is like Probably four hours into the night. So so there's already alcohol running so around. Yeah, there's alcohol running around, but I was obviously not having a big night because I just yep. don't have big nights anymore. Then we all got a little bit emotional. 
And then because everyone was getting a little bit emotional, my remedy was we need shots to numb the pain. Naturally, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I went and got everyone tequila shots. And then from there, we all went in turns doing rounds of tequila shots and it just went so downhill so quickly like so what's that five or six rounds of tequila shots i think we did three to four and then the memory is nothing that's like a bottle of tequila between you all i'm embarrassed to say it's actually gross and i haven't been binge drinking for a long time so i think i used to be such a heavy drinker which we'll touch on in a minute And I think I thought I could keep up with my old standards of drinking and I just (laughs) cannot. Like, it's just... Yeah, (laughs) I I was the same. Like, the last couple of times I've had a big night, I think I can drink like I used to when I was a kid. Mm. And boy, you find out the wrong way that you can't. So, anyway, we got extremely drunk and then the girls actually ended up calling Michael... And he had to come and pick me up. What, from where you were having... From where we were, because I was too drunk. Because I just went from, like, 50% happy in the perfect spot to just, like, four tequila shots and just blackout. Were you like that? Were any of your friends blackout or was it just you? Oh, yeah, but I went down first because I haven't drunk in ages. So, I was the first man out and slowly they started like dropping off like flies. Like everyone was not in a good way. Our group chat in the morning was just filthy. Like everyone was just like sending selfies and we all looked haggard and like gross and everyone was like ill anyway. Did anyone share anything that you'd done while you were drinking then or? Yeah. And it's just like people are like, oh, remember when you fell over here? And I'm like, I fell over in public. Yeah. So it wasn't good. I had to be Picked up and taken home. If you saw me that night, I'm so sorry. It was disgusting. I will be on better behaviour from now on. Until the tequila shots come out again. No, I'm banned from tequila shots. Michael was like, that can't happen again. No more tequila shots. And I agree completely. So, Matt, let's get into our topic of alcohol and dating. And uh, we touched on before about how we used to be able to drink a lot more than we can now. Mm. Would you like to touch on your habits growing up with drinking? Look, it's really strange because I'm going to start by saying I actually listened to a podcast recently and it was this girl talking about her binge drinking habits and how she was a really bad drinker. Mm. And literally everything she said, I've done, but I just never thought it was a problem because drinking is so normalized in Australian culture. I think part of the culture in Australia, especially growing up as like a 20-year-old, 18-year-old and that, is to go out and just get absolutely blackout drunk. Yeah. Like it's there's no other ways around it. Even still like if the boys get together, like we're all like drinks flow and like you're like, yeah, come on, like who can drink the most sort of thing. That's I reckon that's a big part of Australian culture. Yeah, like when was the last time I got together with my friends or you got together with your friends? and you did something that didn't revolve around drinking? 
Honestly, I don't remember. Even like I can't remember either. Even living with my housemates, like on a Friday night, we'd say, "Let's have a couple of beers and watch the footy." Before mm. you know it, we're all drunk as like we're yeah. all sloppy messes. Yeah. Just because that's like the culture you're sitting there drinking, and before you know it, like one drink becomes ten real quick. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that I realized when listening to this podcast that kind of triggered something within me. All of my core memories growing up in my twenties all revolve around alcohol yep. without fail, every single one of them, <laughs> like 99%. Oh, well, Jen, my girlfriend, she always says, can you please tell me a story that doesn't start off with I was so fucked or I was so drunk? <laughs> I was so drunk, yeah. yeah literally, yeah. she pulls me up on it all the time because I'm like, oh, over there I was so pissed or something like that. She's like, just have one one story from your past that doesn't revolve around that. And yeah, like, and I think that's the thing as well growing up is my mentality was just so all or nothing. I never actually learned to just have one or two drinks going out. In fact, I actually had the mindset that having one or two drinks was a waste of time because it's a waste of calories that I could (laughs) not be having. And so then I would just get to the weekend and binge drink like an animal and it was just foul like looking back I'm like my poor body I need to like be the healthiest person alive to make up for all of the trauma that I have caused my body well I was thinking about that and empty calories and all that sort of stuff with drinking I would go all week like eating religiously like so healthily um, training like so much and then on the weekend just to blow out and have a massive night on Saturday and to undo almost everything that I've done that whole week yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that became like a routine in my everyday life. And to think what, like, just stupid now if you look back. Yeah. How, like, just didn't make sense. Well, like, growing up, I was such a party girl. Like, I loved partying. You still um, do. I still, like, I still do to a certain degree, but I'm so much better. Like, I I wouldn't go out to a club. I'd go out to a bar maybe. I wouldn't really stay out past 12 now. Like, I've definitely settled down. People stay out past 12? (laughs) What? What? Oh, those kids. (laughs) But, yeah, I used to go out three, four times a week. I used to be a host at a nightclub, so I'd get paid a retainer every week to bring all my friends to the club. It became my job, essentially. Like, I'd get, like, 20 drink cards that I was meant to share with everyone run and probably (laughs) have three quarters to myself. I'm guilty of that as well. (laughs) So it was just such a big part of me growing up. And as I said, I never saw a problem with it because it's so normalized. What age did you have your first drink? I think I had my first drink at 17 and that was because... That's which is older. Which is older, yeah. And that's because my parents were super strict. Oh, okay. So, I don't know if I had a drink earlier, like would I have maybe learned to have one or two? To be honest, I really don't think so. I think it was a good thing that my parents were so strict <laughs> and I didn't start drinking earlier because it has a massive effect on developing brains. Well, take it from me who had my first real piss up at 15... Oh, that's why you're a bit off. <laughs> yeah, that's, that probably explains a lot. <laughs> no, I, I took, we had a house party and I remember going to my dad's bar and I took a bottle of Jim Beam Black of all things. Oh, no. Made myself and my mate a couple of like glasses. They couldn't drink it. So, me, still, I've still got this, this attitude. Well, I'm not going to waste alcohol. <laughs> so, <laughs> drunk all these drinks. The next thing you know... I remember just sitting on my front doorstep, vomiting everywhere. Oh, no. Have not been able to drink bourbon since. When you had your first kiss with Jen, were you drunk? Yeah. So, our first date obviously was done at a period where restaurants weren't open. So, what you would do is you'd go 
well, for most dates, I think people doing it, they met in that period of time was they would go on like walks. So we met up at the uh, Botanical Gardens, the tan, got an Aperol each and walked. So you were on a, like a healthy walk and you still managed to get alcohol? Well, it's funny. It didn't even end up being a walk of the tan. We ended up going, stuff this, let's just walk through the gardens and have a look. And get drunk. Yeah, pretty much. So we had a couple of drinks. And then we went back to hers and had a drink there. And then we went back to mine and kept drinking with me and my roommates. Well, like it makes sense. Like first dates are extremely scary and you need the Dutch courage. Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't think I need it to, but it does. But then why did you have it? Maybe, maybe I just love the drink. <laughs> but that's <laughs> maybe, uh, I, Matt, I, Matt's in denial. I, I like to think that I can back myself into a first date that I don't need social lubricant of a drink, but maybe I do subconsciously. I remember one of the first things I said to Jen when we started dating, oh, we were at hers and um, we were drinking. We stayed up till like maybe 3 a.m. drinking on like the first week of hanging out. And I actually said to her, you're one of the first, if not the only girl I've actually stayed up with and just spoken to and drunk and not thought about, you know, taking to bed and just doing the deed. Like, I'm actually into talking to you and like, you know, like it's a deeper level. So, I think maybe alcohol maybe made that. Did you drink on your first date with Michael? Yeah. So, it's interesting because I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast, but Michael and I's first date actually started at 9.30 p.m. Oh, a late one. It was a very late oh, one. <laughs> so, Michael had been out all day. He was a bottle of wine deep. <laughs> he was trying to convince me to come out and I was like, mm, I've just had like pasta and garlic bread. I'm like really settled in for the night. Yeah. And I knew he was like a bit drunk. So, I was like, mm, you're already like halfway there if not most of the way there I don't think so and he was like no 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 like I've sobered up a bit I really want to do this day I'm gonna flip a coin if it's heads we'll go on the day if it's not we'll stay home anyway he lied it was tails we were meant to stay in but he was like it was heads here's the fake video evidence anyway so I had 20 minutes to get ready for our first date because he was like coming in an Uber to pick me up. That's an hour and 10 minutes less than normal. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. I mean, it was very quick, but I can get ready really quickly. So I was like, you know what? (laughs) Fuck it. Don't look at me like that. that. I can. (laughs) You would not know. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, okay, quickly get ready. Obviously, I'm like, this guy's a bottle deep. So, what I did was I went to my little bar in my apartment. a bottle of wine. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, 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 not that bad. (laughs) And I poured two shots of tequila and literally drunk two shots of tequila in a row mid doing my makeup in the hopes to kind of like, I don't know, give myself some courage. I don't know. I find first dates super intimidating, like very stressful. Like I shake, I just get so overwhelmed. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? I literally, before a first date, will go to Google and be like, things to talk about on a first date. (laughs) I'll be like, what's happening in pop culture? Should I quickly listen to a podcast? I have something to talk about. Like I freak out, like I doubt myself. And then it's so funny because I literally will get on the date and then I'm like the most confident person ever. But it's just like the pre-worry. Yeah, I don't know. I never have that nerves before a first date. I'm sort of sweet. I'm I go so in, jealous. Yeah, I go in back <laughs> in myself that I know like I know what to talk about in that. But I, we, I'm pretty good at talking. 
Yeah, but so am I. But it's just like the self-doubt. Also, I think first dates are intimidating because you're like, what if I don't like them? And then I literally, like, how do I get out of this? Or like, am I just going to sit there? And I have this really bad thing where I struggle to tell people the truth. So I'll just like go along with a date and like pretend everything's all sweet. And then at the end of it, I'm like, oh my God, that was a nightmare. But at the time you'd think the guy probably is like, oh, she's she's into me. Because as I don't want to- you're knocking back. <laughs> <laughs> drink after drink and shots trying to get through the dark. Yeah, but it's because I don't want to hurt their feelings and I feel bad, like, just making it clear that I'm just not vibing them. And I don't want to be rude. Like, it's like this really, like, weird complex where I want them to like me even though I don't like them. <laughs> All right, so then say you're going on a first date, you're nervous. Would you ever have one that didn't revolve around drinking? The only date that I can remember that I've had that didn't revolve around drinking was when I was like 18 still in school. I went, I had a movie day and I remember my mum had like, I think I wasn't, I couldn't drive yet. So my mum had dropped me off and I literally got dropped off. I was like hiding in the bathroom. So I was early. So I didn't didn't want him to see me yet because I didn't want to have too much talking time before the movie because that's how nervous I was. And then I remember I called my mum back and I was like, pick me up. I can't do it. It's too stressful. And she was like, Anna. Just go on the date. I'm not picking you up. And I was forced into the day. <laughs> Did you nearly stand him up? Yeah, and I literally, the moment I saw him, we awkwardly hugged and then I was like trembling. I was shaking. I was like, this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. Did you just watch the movie then and leave? Like we watched the movie the whole time. I like had my hands by my side and he kept like trying to hold my hand. He leaned in for a kiss at the very end and I was like, no, 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 no. And then he did it and I was like, fuck it, I have to do it because I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want him to like feel uncomfortable. So then I kissed him back and then I was like, okay, thanks for the day bye see you later <laughs> just like ended up ghosting safe to say he <laughs> never got a second date huh? it wasn't him it was more to do with me and I think my insecurities around first dates and just like the pressure I put on myself and the constant overthinking that I'll do before it which just I totally psych myself out yeah so the drinking definitely makes that a lot easier for you Yeah, the drinking has, and I think that's why I turned into such a binge drinker. It's sad to say, but it totally numbed those feelings of anxiousness, of worry, and I was just my confident, normal self, which if I'm not drinking alcohol, I still will get to the day and I will end up being myself, but it's just like the pre-date worry that I I numbed. (laughs) Okay, so how much... Should you drink on a first date? Because we've established that we all tend to go a bit OTT. But how much should you drink, Matt? Enough that you feel confident in yourself, but you're not messy, drunk and slurring your words, I feel. Yeah. You have to find that line. So, if you feel like you're toppling over, maybe have a glass of water. (laughs) Water is key when drinking as well. They do say that three is generally the golden number of drinks. So, one is customary, kind of like release the nerves second drink can be used to feel your date out a bit more kind of open up a little bit and then three is kind of like reserved for the dates when you're kind of into each other and it's going a little bit further it's going a bit further things are kind of warming up a little if you're onto your third drink you might be feeling a little bit horny by then as well (laughs) 
Drinking can make you horny. Like, we can't deny that. Oh, no, it definitely does. I don't know why. Does it make your blood flow everywhere? I don't know. Because I feel like when you start drinking... And I mean, drunk sex is really fun. It is. And inhibitions are lowered. It's good. Drunk sex is fun if you're not too drunk and we have the problem of whiskey dick. Or also referred to, as I've learned, as Foster's Flop. (laughs) Derek over there gave us that one. All right, let's touch on whiskey dick next. Okay, Matt, we all know what whiskey dick is, but I want to hear it from you. What is your definition of whiskey dick? All right, so before I get into what a whiskey dick is, I'm going to touch on some other names that it might be called. Oh, God. For other listeners that are like, hang on, is that this? It is shot pool with a rope. (laughs) Bong dong. Brown party liquor. Foster's floppy. Southern poison. Taffy pulling. Rubber knife, Jackie ending, Ew. Richard whiskey. Okay, yuck, yuck, yuck. We're, we're going to stop there. Pushing rope, softy punch, <laughs> bottle of Jack, everlasting gummy worm, beer pickle, <laughs> whiskey trick. There, the list goes on. Beer pickle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But essentially, it can have a many mm. names, but essentially it is when a man has drunk too much and he cannot get an erect penis. All right, so- Everyone knows alcohol can slow your reaction time. Yeah. So, what it does is it makes it difficult to focus and concentrate. Mm. So, when a man is having sex, their central nervous system isn't working like it normally would if, say, they were sober, right. which then can affect... The dick. The dick <laughs> and how hard it erects. Right. So, it can affect the blood flow to your penis. I don't even know if I want to ask this question. Has this ever happened to you? I think every man can safely say, yes, it has. Yeah. It's common, it's right? It's common. I'm it's sure. It's normal. Have, have you had a man have a whiskey dick before? I don't know. Not in recent times. I think maybe when I was younger. It's more just like you just wouldn't have sex because they're like, I'm too drunk. Yeah. It, Not it, that we're trying and they're like, oh, whiskey dick. <laughs> I don't know. Do you call it out? Is that a thing? Oh, whiskey dick. <laughs> Hang on, I can't get hard. There's no blood flowing to the mask. (laughs) Can you undo a bit of whiskey dick? If you're like, I've got whiskey dick right now, can you maybe eat some food and then the whiskey dick will go away? Maybe have a glass of water, sleep it off and if you... uh... (laughs) So you're just saying wait till the morning. Yeah, wait till the morning. I think it's the safest bet It's a lost cause that night. (laughs) Yeah, which could ruin some situations, I feel. How do you react as a guy in that situation? Let's just say it's a one-night stand... You've taken a girl home. She's super hot. You're like, tonight's going to be a fun night. You're about to do the deed and you're like, fuck, I've got some whiskey dick. What do you say? I think the best thing to say is to assure the girl that it's not them. So, don't make them feel it's personal. Say, look, I'm sorry, but like, you shouldn't have hoarded me that extra. (laughs) Don't put the blame on them. <laughs> just You're turn so- it no, just say, I shouldn't have had that extra drink. We've had too many. Maybe let's sleep it off and see how we go. Or do you want to come have a glass of water and I can cook something in the kitchen? Like, you know, Or get- why don't you go down on them and be like, I don't want to have sex with you. I just want to pleasure you and take the attention off. Is that how you would prefer a man to be? Is that what you would um, want? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a question? <laughs> All right, well, fuck, here we go. I'm learning now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, true. Okay, so maybe you just say, hang on, this isn't my night, this is your night. (laughs) 
That's the perfect way to resolve the issue, in my opinion. I was just trying to make him feel comfortable, let them know that it's not them and it's the alcohol's fault. What, and you just make them food. You're like, if I'm not getting pleasure, none of us are. You're right, Anna. You go down on at least someone's getting off tonight. Okay, what drinks do you think would affect your dick the most? So, even though it's called whiskey dick, whiskey doesn't cause it. It's literally any drink can do it. As long as you've drunk too much alcohol, it will happen. So, I think it's called whiskey dick commonly because whiskey is a stronger drink. And if you have, what, like a couple of them, it's going to affect you more than if, say, you've had 12 beers. You know, and the equivalent would be a lot more beers for that. So, I think that's why it's called that. But any alcohol can really do the trick. Did you know that there is actually a female equivalent and it's called whiskey clit? <laughs> no, I don't know. It looks like it I'm is. hearing it looks what like I'm hearing saying? a lot of new facts here today or new <laughs> It's a learning experience for all. <laughs> yeah, for all. That's why you tune in. <laughs> so there's three states of whiskey clit. So the first one is delayed orgasm. So it takes you longer to reach your point of climax. And then the second one is no orgasm at all. And then the third is the stimulation is just not possible. Like even when you stimulate the clit, you're just not feeling anything. Like you're just you're just way too drunk. <laughs> okay, so say a woman is feeling whiskey clit. What is your advice for them then? Just sleep it off, babe. <laughs> so not to say... I'm sitting this one out. It's your time. <laughs> Doesn't go both ways. Touche. I, you know what? Maybe I should be like, it's time for your BJ. <laughs> but maybe he's got whiskey dick and everyone just goes, maybe tonight's not the innings. We sit this one out and tomorrow morning we um, go into bat again. Okay. Something I want to talk about. Alcohol and breakups, Matt. It's literally like they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. You can't say break up without alcohol, I feel. Every single breakup that I've ever gone through, my alcohol intake has gone up significantly. And that is simply because I'm really upset. My emotions are at a high and I want to drown those feelings. Drown those sorrows, as they say. Mm. When you've broken up with someone, nothing is better than going out and having a big night drinking and just forgetting about everything and just having fun. The problem is... When you drink after a breakup, it's literally like getting a beach ball and pushing it underwater. It's just going to come straight back up to the surface. You know what I mean? I do. Those nights, they start fun, but you do end up at 4am crying in a kebab shop. I was about to say, just talking to anyone that will listen about your breakup and chewing their ear off. And I know I don't find this, I don't get it that bad, but... I know you do. You get anxiety the next day after you drink. Terrible anxiety, yeah. So, all you're doing is just going to spike that the next day as well if you drink. That's the problem with breaking up in alcohol is you just hop back on the horse the next night because you're like, I need to keep drinking so that I can, again, get rid of those feelings. I think for me, the reason why I've always been so reliant on alcohol, you can push down those feelings for a little bit. And that helps me because then it gives you more time to accept it. And then I guess you just deal with all of the crazy emotions that is a breakup when you have actually accepted that you're single. <laughs> so denial is that, and that well, stage and of grief. Also, and also like you might've had a drunken kiss. You might have been able to remember that there's other people out there and like that person is not the be all and end all. The th- like it's, it seems like a hard concept to wrap my head around 
to go through a breakup stone cold sober. So like you need to be just doing all of that healthy, healthy, healthy work on yourself, but to like a high standard. And I just don't know if I'd be on that level if I was in a breakup mindset. Maybe you are that motivated person who's like, you know what, I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get rid of that nervous, anxious, stressed out energy. Like, I mean, that is a great way to get over a breakup as opposed to I've done it both ways. I've done it both ways. Have you? Yeah, one breakup, my toxic one, I did go out and drink a lot and party with my mates. But then again, we were coming out of uh, lockdown. So, it was experience. Like I was like, oh, okay, well, we can do all this sort of stuff now. Yeah. So, I was going out drinking. But my breakup before that, I know I threw myself into gym. That's threw amazing. myself into like working out, getting like getting that body that makes people regret what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, look, you've done both. What way do you think is the best way to go? For me personally, uh, was definitely going to gym. Yeah. I felt and like working out that way. And look, I think like I don't think me and Michael are going to break up. Touch wood. Touch wood for me. <laughs> there you go. Knock on wood. But if we did, I think maybe that is a route that I would be open to taking. I'm happy to go to gym with you, Anna, and work out and get you back on that horse, <laughs> metaphorically and physically. I can- <laughs> It's that time of the episode again that we all love. It's where you ask us where our heads are at and we answer your questions. Let's do it. Okay, this comes from our first listener today. They have written in and said, I was messaging this guy and he invited me out for drinks at a bar. And when I met him there, he asked me what I wanted to drink. I asked for a red wine and then he ordered just one for me and then proceeded to tell me he doesn't drink. I'm completely fine with being sober, but at the time I felt a bit tricked into drinking by myself by the whole way he did it. I also felt a bit ashamed by him because he told me how much better it was not to be drinking anymore and how much better his life is. Am I an asshole for seeing this as an ick? What do you think, Anna, if you were in that situation and a guy did that to you? Look, I don't think that someone not drinking should be an ick. I think it kind of does make you an asshole if you feel that way. Like, yeah, ideally you kind of want to be similar to someone. Like if you're drinking, you want them to drink. If you eat meat, you kind of want them to eat meat. Like sometimes people might get annoyed or a bit turned off if they're dating a vegetarian or a vegan when they're a meat eater. But I don't think that we should be judgmental. I think we should try to be more accepting. But in saying all of that, I feel like he probably should have told her that he wasn't going to drink before offering to get her a drink. Just communication, you know. Look, if he'd offered to get her a drink and said, I'm not drinking, that would have been better. But then if he's going on to make her feel guilty and ashamed for actually drinking, like that's wrong. Like I hope he's not sitting there preaching that like you shouldn't drink. Life's so much better without drinking. Yeah, she's like mid-red wine and he's like, my life has changed completely and drastically since not drinking. And she's like, well, fuck. Like I've dated heaps of vegetarians, heaps of vegans and I have no problem with it personally because they're not sitting there trying to preach their ways onto me and they don't mind if I'm sitting there with a big scotch fillet (laughs) on my way like they're chill with that so as long as he's not sitting there preaching 
that would give me the ick if a girl was like, you know, like one of those girls who was a vegetarian was like, look, all these cows are dying and that. And I'm like trying to finish my steak. And I'm like, I don't want to know this while yeah, I'm halfway and I, through this. It's all about just respecting what each person chooses to do with their life. Not everyone is the same. And that's what makes everyone so unique and interesting. And that's actually the beauty of going on first dates. You get that's to it. meet new people and see their different quirks. Okay, the next listener has written in and they've said... I am always so nervous before going on dates that I take the drinking a bit too far each time and end up being drunk for the last few hours of the date. I feel like it may be unattractive to my potential dates and may be the reason I don't always hear back from them. How do I stop drinking too much on dates? I can relate to this. I think I'm that person who sometimes takes it too far. I think for me, something that's worked is just giving yourself a limit, like setting a limit. And if you are a big drinker, you can literally set up a five drink limit, like at the maximum. That's tonight. a lot of drinks. That's a lot. But if you're a big drinker, then yeah. at least you have a cutoff and no matter what, you won't break it. I think that you just maybe go in, if there's something else that can soothe your nerves as well, maybe like, is there any other like meditations you can do? Maybe have like a stress band or something. So, if you're feeling nervous, you can just flick that. And then even if the date sees that and acknowledges that, that could be a good conversation starter and you explain that you are nervous to be on this date and if he's a welcoming guy, he'll be like, oh, look, and he'll make you feel at ease. Yeah, fair. I know I would. <laughs> I mean, do you really want to be like pinging your wrists I throughout mean, a first I, date? I mean, under the table if you're just doing that. Yeah. Look, I totally understand what it's like to over drink on a first date. So, I get it. I think for me... Setting a limit, three drink limit, four drink limit, five drink limit, whatever it is for you, works. Yeah, it is nice to have a beer to take the nerves off for a wine on a date. But just be within your limits. Okay, guys, that's all we have time for. As always, stay on top of our socials to be part of the Where's Our Head At segment of our podcast. Please give us a five-star rating. It really helps with our podcast. It helps us grow. It helps us reach more people. And until next time, bye. Bye.